This is Cliff Mass, and welcome to my weather podcast. Each week, I talk about current weather, provide a forecast for the weekend and beyond, and give you more details about an interesting weather phenomenon. It's Friday, August 26th, and let's talk about the weather forecast. Today is going to be very different than the previous days this week. Uh, Last night, cool marine air pushed into the western Washington interior with lots of low clouds today and temperatures around 13 to 15 degrees less than yesterday. Highs in western Washington today will only get to around 70 degrees and maybe 5 degrees for Portland. Eastern Washington remains sunny and warm with highs in the upper 90s across the Columbia Basin. Now, the cooler air will remain entrenched west of the Cascades over the weekend, with partly cloudy skies mainly in the morning and highs in the 70s. But the interesting meteorology will be east of the Cascade Crest tonight, as cool air from the west ascends over the Cascade Crest and descends the eastern slopes of the Cascades, resulting in strong winds that could enhance some burning fires on the eastern slopes. My major concern is the White River Fire, which is not too far from Lake Wenatchee, and it is only about 1% contained at this point. You can see the smoke from the fire on satellite pictures. So we have to watch that fire, and there's some other fires in eastern Washington that the stronger winds tonight may enhance. Uh, Temperatures will cool over the weekend in eastern Washington because of the cool air coming across into the 80s, which seems cool for them. They've been over 100. But we are not done with heat yet. On Monday through Wednesday, high pressure will build aloft over the region and temperatures will slowly slide up. In the west, I expect the highs in western Washington to be around 80 on Monday, lower to mid-80s on Tuesday, and upper 80s on Wednesday. And in the Columbia Basin, you can add another 15 degrees, and there'll be locations getting to 100 or the low 100s, uh, particularly as we get into Tuesday and Wednesday in eastern Washington. Now, I suspect that this event will be the last time Western Washington will see upper 80s for the rest of the year. Uh, So I think the major heat waves will be over. And quite frankly, eventually, the rapid weakening, weakening of the sun will take its toll. Finally, a note about precipitation. We had a very wet first half of summer. And then we became drier than normal the second half. Putting both halves together, well, we've had a normal summer rainfall, interestingly enough. Uh, Looking at the forecast models ahead, there's no real rain predicted for the next week. Uh, What about wildfires? The number of wildfires and the area of wildfires here in the Northwest have been well below normal this summer, even though it's been dry and warm the second half. And it is important to note, we only have a few weeks left for Northwest wild season. Generally, once we get uh, 
past uh, mid-September, the wildfire season is over around here. Anyway, enjoy an extremely nice, moderately temperatured weekend. Thanks for listening. Weather doesn't end with the forecast. Now let's talk about the special weather topic of the week. Today, I would like to talk about microclimates, how temperature can vary very greatly over very short distances. Such variations in temperature were very obvious during the warm period of the past few days, with temperatures changing by 10 degrees or even more over a few hundred feet. Let me give you an example. On Wednesday, I was bicycling home around 5.30 p.m. on the Bird Trail. It was about 85 degrees at the UW and by the trail by the UW. But as I went northward, it became chilly. Temperatures suddenly dropped to roughly 75 degrees. And this is a situation that I have observed on many locations in the late afternoon where in that location. The cause was associated with the fact that I was just below, I was biking on the trail, just below a relatively moist, vegetated slope. Now, vegetated slopes, and particularly those facing eastward, are like cooling machines during the afternoon when they become shaded. There is substantial evaporation from the plants. We call this evapotranspiration. And there's also evaporation from the moisture in the soils. Such evaporation can cause substantial cooling of the air near the surface. It is important to keep in mind that cool air is more dense and heavy than warm air, and it tends to drain down the slope towards lower elevations. Shaded slopes can also cool by radiation. Uh, if it's shaded, there is little solar radiation coming in, while the surface, including the plants, can cool by emitting infrared radiation upwards into space. So even if you have a very hot day, and it was hot this week, temperatures getting to mid-80s and upper 80s, it can be 10 to 15 degrees cooler at the bottom of a vegetated slope, particularly one that's in shade. Now at night, the effects of microclimates can really be large, with much greater cooling in valleys or regions just downstream of valleys. And I'm talking about 5 to 15 degrees cooler. At night, the ground radiates infrared radiation to space. That's a cooling effect. And with no solar heating going on, it's night, the ground cools and refrigerates the air next to it which becomes more dense and then sinks to lower elevations. So valleys and low areas can be much cooler at night than places up the slopes. Now, I live in a low-rent district at the bottom of a valley, and I can often feel a cold wind blowing down towards my house, towards lower elevations. I have occasionally walked up and down the streets measuring temperatures, my neighbors think I'm a little bit wacky, perhaps. And it is often three to six degrees cooler 
at the bottom of the hill near my house, then just a few hundred feet up and down the street where the, the elevations are only 30 to 70 feet higher. Another type of microclimate can be produced by locally moist or irrigated surfaces. A wet field is often two to five degrees cooler than a dry one just next door because of the potent cooling effects of evaporation. Uh, on a moist field, much of the sun's energy goes into evaporating water rather than heating the ground. And if you want to see this effect on steroids, check out the temperatures around the irrigated fields of eastern Washington, where you can frequently see temperatures two to five degrees cooler around the wet fields versus the dry scrubland scrub around them. There are also coastal microclimates. Uh, with our water temperature around 50 degrees year-round, a little bit warmer in the summer, a little bit cooler in the winter, being near the water can produce profound warming during the winter when the air temperatures are cold and profound cooling during the summer. Often a huge temperature change occurs near coastal zones in a matter of hundreds of feet. And I've often experienced this if I go to a park like Richmond Beach Park, uh, which is on the Sound. This is near North Seattle. And bound the parking lot, it, can, it could be 10 degrees warmer than when I walk down to lower elevations uh, in the park. Finally, the last microclimate I will mention includes the urban environment, where concrete, bricks, and many sources of combustion from heating to cars, results in a localized heat island effect that can be as large as 15 to 15 degrees warmer than the surrounding rural environments. And here in Seattle, the heat island is centered from downtown Seattle, you know, down south towards Georgetown in that area. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed listening to about this microclimate business. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Feel free to send me your questions or any topics you would like me to cover. This podcast will be available every Friday morning on my blog and major podcast platforms. If you would like to support this podcast, feel free to use the Patreon link on my blog. See you next time.